Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Stephen Ray Morris here, and welcome to See Jurassic Right. Uh, Raptor reactions right here. I got my own little raptor, Elvis, hanging out with me. Um, I how how is everybody? Uh, It's been quite a week. Um, Happy belated uh, Dino Day, National Dino Day, Adopted Dino Day, whatever, what have you will. I wanted to. I've been meaning to all week to. Uh, just kind of spill my thoughts on the Jurassic Park 25th anniversary event. Uh, it was so much more fun and amazing than I could have imagined. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit. I, I would, wasn't really planning on doing this, but, um, yeah, I mean, there was just so much, there was just so much going on and it was such a blast. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess we can dive in a second. I'm like, still recovering from when my my laptop getting destroyed yesterday. So it's been quite a couple of days. It's been quite a roller coaster, as they say. Um but uh, you know, we uh there's work to do. So uh you keep on keeping on. Um but thank you for everyone who's supporting me on Patreon right now. It re- it's uh really helping right now. Um but anyway, um so the Jurassic Park 25th anniversary event was at 
Universal Studios and Universal City Walk. It was over the course of three days, March 11th, 12th, and 13th. The 13th was added last minute. Originally, it was just going to be Friday and Saturday. So those are the two days that I went. And um, yeah, it was... I've never really gone to an event like that. It was uh, it was kind of interesting. My I forget who was t- talking to me. They're like, oh, it was kind of like a Jurassic Park convention. And yeah, it kind of felt like that a little bit in the sense that like they closed off the bottom of Universal Studios where the Jurassic Park the ride is and um and then they also opened up the cinemas to be playing uh Jurassic Park on the big screen so that was really cool too and so um and it's funny yeah I obviously just got my Universal Studios pass um for a birthday present so um that was exciting so then I could go during the day because the way that it was is that you basically paid to go at night and then you couldn't really go to the rest of the park. You could only be in the downstairs area. But, I mean, there was just so much going on, like, um, or there was more going on than I thought, I guess. is That's that's how I felt about the weekend, that there was a lot more to do and see and kind of experience than I initially anticipated, mostly because Universal didn't really say what was happening on the itineraries and stuff and so it wasn't really until you got there that you were like oh okay this is what's going on so yeah i really had no plans going into the weekend i kind of just wanted to you know scope it out so i don't know it was just i've never been to an event like that before i mean conventions are a little bit different um um, but this was obviously i was just like oh is there anything i can do with the podcast like who am i going to meet who's going to be there um you know, so stuff like that. So I just was like, I, I'm just going to go in with an open mind, open heart. Uh, you know, <laughs> can't lose. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So I was just kind of like, all right, let's just see where the weekend, uh, the weekend takes us. So that was, um, so that was fun. Or that ended up being what made it really fun. So um, day one, and the, that's the one thing the weather was like kind of crappy in the sense, you know, uh, it was kind of raining most of the weekend, you know, I mean, for California, this was like, Oh no, you know, it was, but even then there were so many people that still came out despite the, the light rain, um, because people from LA don't want to leave their house if it's raining. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but when I was, cause going during the day was kind of could just contingent on doing work and stuff. I've been helping out, um, with the tour stuff for my, for my favorite murder. So I was kind of like half on call for that. And then, um, to do work for that. And then, uh, so it was kind of like, depending on that would kind of determined when I would go to the park both days. Um, but I ended up going early both days just because I wanted the free parking. But, uh, (laughs) uh, but, um, yeah. So day one, I, um, I decided because I was going to dress up I, as people saw on social media, I dressed up as Dr. Ellie Sattler, um, which was probably the most fun thing about the weekend. Um, you know, besides meeting people and stuff and, and getting to see the opening footage of Fallen Kingdom. But um, I was going to dress up Friday, but then it was getting later and later. And I was like, well, I don't really want to dress up if I can't kind of enjoy it and, you know, get pictures and stuff like that when it's dark. So I was just like, all right, well, I'll put the kibosh on that and do that tomorrow. So um, it's just funny because it's because I was uh, cat sitting. I didn't really have like any other Jurassic Park swag on me because I just assumed that I was going to dress up both days so I just had to like go and whatever on Friday um but it was nice because it's as soon as I got there I ran into um I ran into all the boys from Jurassic Outpost which was so much fun it was so great to finally um meet all of them uh we've had on this podcast Chris Pugh and um Assis Sandu but 
Um, yeah, it was so great to meet Ryan and Alex and uh, Jack and, you know, uh, uh, and yeah. So it was that was the most fun um, too, is just to meet them and chat with them. And so they were like, um, you know, they were out there for like press and stuff. So, so they kind of had their own little itinerary. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, but it was like kind of fun to tag along at different points and stuff. So Friday, um, we, uh, we go into the park, um, and let's see, I'm pulling this up. So, um, yeah, we go into the park again. It's a little bit, um, it's like a little bit later. So, um, and, and the thing with the difference between day one and day two is that day one, they showed, they did all the events before they showed Jurassic Park in the theaters at City Walk. And then on Saturday, they showed the movie before the events at City Walk. I think, um, they probably didn't want to lose out on the movie theater. Didn't want to lose out on, you know, the actual movies out that weekend because, because they were showing Jurassic Park on, I not, I don't know if it was literally on every screen, but it was definitely on a lot of the screens. Elvis. Okay. All right. I see what you're getting at. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I also met, um, Derek Davis and I met, uh, Dino Nick and there's a few other people. It was a big crowd, but, um, that it was so much fun just to meet and chat Jurassic with so many people. And again, I mostly hung out with the Jurassic Outpost boys on Friday and it was just such a blast. Um, so yeah, so we get into the park and we're just, you know, there's the JP 25th anniversary store, which just has more merch. I didn't end up buying any merch mostly cause I bought it when I went to universal studios like the week before. But, um, so one of the main events that they had was the main event that they were having every night was the panel. And so each night it was different people. Um, and, uh, so the first night it was, um, well, Colin Trevorrow, uh, director of Jurassic world moderated all, all the panels. Um, and then the first night, which I'll tell you about right now, which was uh, Dennis Muran, who obviously did the visual effects, uh, Dean super freak Kundi, who was a cinematographer and then first AD John Kretschmer, Kretschmer, um, was also there too. And it's so funny cause obviously like Dennis Muran and, and Dean Kundi are, are legends and they are on all the, they're on all the Jurassic park docs, you know, they're there from the nineties with Dennis Muran's like crazy hair, um, you know, in Hawaii and everything to now. But it was interesting cause John Kretsch, Kretschmer, uh, the first AD, I don't think he's been in any Jurassic Park related interview stuff. So that was kind of interesting to hear from somebody who's, you know, kind of never really talked about the Jurassic franchise. And I believe Jurassic Outpost has, they live streamed all the panels. So I think they have those up on their Facebook. I'll link to that if you want to watch them. But, um, you know, the panels were short. They were like 30 minutes. So you're not going to glean tons of deep knowledge from them, but it was still fun to hear them all joke. And obviously Colin is such a fan of Jurassic Park. So it was nice to have it kind of just, and he, you know, he said it best. It's like the focus, you know, this weekend is really on Jurassic Park. It's not necessarily on, you know, Jurassic world or fallen kingdom or anything like that. So it was kind of cool to just hear them geek out about, um, that. So that was really cool. And I mean, if anything, I think the thing that I feel like I learned the most from that panel was the idea that Steven Spielberg only does seven or takes or less, but then the last take in Jurassic Park, which I didn't, which didn't know it, you know, up until now was, um, was doing like a, was doing, I think they were either reshooting or just shooting Hammond's side, 
of the trailer, you know, um, you know, no, 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 I know my way around the kitchen, around the kitchen. Um, every Hammond impersonator has the, has such a crazy Scottish accent. It's, it's funny cause I feel like I don't really notice it in Jurassic park, but maybe cause I didn't hear any other Scottish accents as a kid. So, and it just stuck with me. But, um, yeah, John Kretschmer mentioned that the last day of shooting, like Steven Spielberg kept doing like more and more, like I think either over 20 or over 40 takes, it was like something ridiculous. And it was just cause you know, he's saying Spielberg didn't want to really stop making the movie kind of reminded me of like the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson experience of like, you know, just shooting and shooting. Cause it's like, we don't want this movie to end. And so that was kind of cool. It was kind of cool to hear that. Um, I drank a mosquito mojito. Um, and we went on the ride, which was so much fun. Um, obviously we went on the ride. I mean, when you're down there, so even if you're going to get wet, you know, it's like, whatever. Um, but obviously the sad news that the ride is going to be closed September 3rd, uh, it's, you know, and of course I have a pass and it's going to go, you know, during the time that it's closed and everything. And they're also closing the store and the, uh, they're closing the store and the, the, the restaurant and stuff too. But, um, so yeah, I just obviously wanted to go on the ride as much as possible this weekend because, um, you know, and just up and, you know, for the rest of the summer, basically, I just want to try and go as much as possible so I can experience the ride before it's gone. Um, yeah. So, um, so after the panel, oh, that's what we did. And then so there's um, uh, basically if you're looking at Universal Studios, when you get down the escalators where you see the ride, they set up the panel kind of like in front of it. So like the backdrop is the, you know, the ride itself, like the splashing behind uh, the stage. Um, but if you go towards the ride back behind the ride where like kind of the extended lines are for when it's really crowded there. um there was a prop line so you could get into a line and just see props and stuff from all the movies, which I ended up doing on day two. Um, but uh, we immediately went to the back area behind that where it was just a little area set up where Mondo, cause they're making a new role playing game for Jurassic park or board game. I'm not sure which I didn't get a chance to hang out at the, it's called Jurassic park, the chaos gene, um, really beautiful art, but I didn't get a chance to talk to anybody at Mondo. So I'm not really sure hundred percent what the game is. Um, they had the blue VR experience. They had uh, Jurassic world evolution that you could play. Um, and I think the, like the Pokemon go style Jurassic game, which I still haven't, I haven't played. I mean, I work from home. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna... actually, that might be a good thing to do for me to exercise and get out, you know, get those steps in. Um, I'm going to look into that. They also had like a photo ops, um, which I also did on, um, uh, uh, which I did on Saturday. Um, but there's like a gyrosphere and a pteranodon and a, uh, Jeep Wrangler. Um, uh, yeah. And then, so there was also some other, and there was Mattel had like, there was nobody from Mattel, but they had like a little setup of like all their figure lines and stuff from Fallen Kingdom and the legacy and everything. So I think everybody, the only thing to note that I noticed that people were talking about was, um, I mean, they had the battle damage figures, which I guess are Walmart exclusives, but there's really no Walmarts near me. So, um, there's, yeah, I don't, or just, I don't really go to Walmart, so I haven't seen those, but, um, there was a Jurassic legacy Spinosaur based on the, obviously based on the Jurassic Park three Spinosaur. So that was kind of cool to see that. Um, but, oh, and the, so I played the Jurassic Park board game. And so this is really fun. Um, played it with, uh, Derek Davis and, uh, uh, Ryan, um, and, uh, who, who else did I play? Oh, Dino Nick. Yeah. Yeah. So we all played it. Um, 
And yeah, it's very interesting. Like this is one that's going to be sold at Target, I believe. Um, and it the board game kind of looks like Settlers of Catan, but I think that's just because it's an island. And then like the pieces are kind of like hexagonal or, or you know, like the Catan, the Settlers of Catan board plays. And it's a very interesting game. It reminds me of a much slower version of Pandemic where it's kind of you against the board and the dinosaurs have so much power and the humans are so limited in what they can do. Um, but it was really fun. It was really, um, yeah, it was just like such a cool experience. I mean, I'm not that much of a board game person, but, um, I'm more of a party party board game person. Uh, but, um, but, uh, yeah, it was still like really fun to play Elvis. You're back. Um, and so, uh, Elvis, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So the board game. So uh, yeah, it was just really fun. It was like basically somebody plays as the, yeah, there plays the board. So the Dilophosaur, T-Rex and Raptor, and they can basically do all these kind of crazy moves across the board where humans can only like, um, like, uh, like they can just like crawl and run and hide like and then you just have to use those you have to use those skills in order to um, evade the dinosaurs like turn the electricity back on and get off on the island um, obviously we lost horribly so um, and yeah you play as all the characters from the movie the artwork for it's really cool and the character cards are really cool um, I played as Ellie Sattler Derek played as Ian Malcolm, uh, Dino Nick played as Alan, um, and yeah, Ryan was all the dinosaurs. But um, uh, 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 yeah, it was yeah, it was, and it's that game where kind of like the 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 characters are supposed to work together and stuff like that. And um, but we were obviously this is our first time playing. We played it on the live stream. I think you can watch that. I'm pretty sure you can watch that as well. Us playing the game. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Um, I definitely think I would get it, you know, for the artwork and the hopes that I could convince people to play it with me, but it was really fun. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I would check it out. I think if you love board games, I think you'll like it. It's, it's a little bit slower paced or, you know, maybe when we get good, like if we were good at it, it would be a lot faster, but, um, I think it'd be a fun board game cause it for, you know, if you have friends and stuff over, cause it's a little bit of cooperative, but you know, and then you're against the board and stuff. So, um, but yeah, it was fun. Um, and then it perfectly timed with us needing to go up and uh, see Jurassic Park uh, uh, Jurassic Park on the big screen again. And it was kind of cool because they did a shorter version of the tour of the uh, studios tour because it was night. So we couldn't go back up through the escalator. So we had to go. They basically took trams back up to City Walk. And so we got to go through the Universal Studios backlot tour, but like a condensed version where it's basically just about Jurassic Park because there's those two bits where they use tons of the Jurassic Park props because they're like, we still have all this stuff. Why not? We just why don't we just make like a second Jurassic Park ride, basically, but using props from the movie like the the boat in JP3, the like scaffolding in JP3, the trailers, um, obviously the Jeeps and stuff, some more Dilophosaurs uh, that pop out, I think, <laughs> from the ride from the JP ride that are left over. Um, and then when we got up to the top, uh, the JP motor pool was there. So there was like like five Jeep Wranglers and Explorer and the RV. I didn't get a chance to go into the RV and I wish I remembered his name at the top of my head. I follow him on, on, um, Instagram, but this guy repaired the, one of the lost world trailers, like one of the 
one of the versions of the car that I guess it was just left out in the desert and he repaired it and everything. So I, I know a lot of people got to go inside there. I didn't get to go in there, but, um, it still looked really cool. So as we were all sitting down in the theater again, they like, I feel like they got off, like they, you, like they, um, they were able to fill all the theaters with playing Jurassic park. But then what they did was show us the opening to fallen kingdom, which was awesome. Safe to say. I mean, I think everybody who's seen it has been pretty much in unanimous, uh, about that. It's this mother's day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I mean, it's already one of the best scenes in the franchise. It's such a cool, evocative James Bond, spooky horror kind of opening. I mean, it is very much reminiscent of the opening of the original Jurassic Park. There's a mission going on. Um, I know people probably read CinemaCon description. Um, I'm, I'll go into the opening a little bit. So I guess if you don't want to be spoiled, maybe skip ahead a minute or two. Uh, but yeah, basically the, uh, you just kind of hear evocative sounds as you go over the universal logo and the legendary logo and or universal emblem legendary. Um, and then you, uh, you just get these shots of, uh, and I'm not, I'm not like even, I watched it twice, but I'm still like probably not hundred percent getting it right as I'm retelling it. But, um, you just, it basically the movie opens on like lights in the dark and then it's just, you realize it's a submarine and it's underwater and it's going into the lagoon, um, in from Jurassic world. And so you get the Isla Nublar, like, uh, you know, bubble off the coast, this many miles off the coast of Costa Rica and stuff. And, um, it's stormy weather. It's night. The moon is on the lake. Uh, maybe the moon's on the lake. Well, at least there's a storm on the lake, I mean, you know, it's, or on the lagoon, but you know, it's stormy. It's weather, you know, it's hurricane and style, crazy rain weather. And so you basically have two teams, one team in the submarine, one team on the ground, uh, basically guiding the, the, the guys in the submarine to the bones of the Indominus Rex, which is really awesome. And it's like this crazy bit of continuity that I love. I love that kind of continuity where it's like here, that's what I think that's what makes Harry Potter so great as a franchise was because you got to revisit the same spaces every year because it's a school setting, but you get to see how that changes or how it doesn't change. And what that, those dynamics I think were what made Harry Potter as a franchise very interesting going back to kind of being, cause you know, fantasy and adventure and sci-fi are these kind of like adventures where you go off and you go, you know, you'd never go back to the same place twice. Um, uh, but 
so it was cool to see that bit of continuity and to see how many years later that the park has become overgrown and stuff like that. So, um, and again, a spoiler kind of, uh, we definitely hear a hoot from a Dilophosaurus in the opening that is distracting the hero on the ground who gets a visit from Rexy. And we've seen those, uh, we've seen those shots in the trailer of that dude in the rain slicker running, um, from Rexy as the helicopter's taking off and suffice it to say, you know, Rexy gets pretty close, uh, but uh, our little friend, the Mosasaur, uh, gets to finish the job and um, it's a dangerous mission. Um, but yeah, there's just so much tension in the scene, the rain, the flashes of light. I mean, it's just, you know, Jurassic World, I think, is a true sequel uh, of the original in the sense that it's taking those concepts and really like seeing them through, which is why I think I was so happy with Jurassic world in that sense, because it really felt like the, like a true sequel to to draw. I mean, it's almost like lost world is one, one timeline and Jurassic world is the other, you know, but, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's just there. It's just, I can, it, it was the upgrade to the future edition kind of thing, but the opening of fallen kingdom really felt like a sequel to Jurassic world and Jurassic park in, in, a, in, a, in, in it kind of like melded the two, the kind of slickness of Jurassic World, this future sci-fi, and then uh, as more of a reflection of our own times, and then and then a sequel to Jurassic Park in the sense of like tone and vibes and and just atmosphere. It definitely felt more Jurassic Park in one sense than anything in in Jurassic World. But I think I mean I think that's intentional. Um, I think Jurassic World it was supposed to be the clean the clean you know, the clean slate, the, the, the slick upgrade, that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, and, uh, but yeah, the, the opening kind of ends with them, you know, they've retrieved a, a bit of the Indominus Rex, uh, body, um, you know, DNA. And then it, they kind of fly off to go visit the boss, whoever the boss is. Um, and that, um, the thing that's holding the Indominus bit of like skeleton, um, I think you see in the trailers, Dr. Wu analyzing. So I'm so, um, and then, yeah, there's this kind of really epic title sequence where it just shows you the, it shows like, you know, lava spilling into these nooks and crannies. And then it kind of like flips and zooms out and it's the fallen kingdom logo. Um, I believe Chris Pugh is saying that that is the final, um, that, uh, that Jay Bayona said that that's the final, uh, title. So that's interesting because Jurassic Park has never had like, um, you know, the, the title reveal of Jurassic Park is, is, is over, you know, black, um, and, uh, you know, lost world is over, um, the, the ocean and stuff. And JP three is that like <laughs> the scratch, you know, uh, in the score. And then Jurassic world is over like the Indominus being born and stuff. So it's interesting that they're going to do like a full logo, like on black kind of thing. I don't know. It was interesting. So, um, and then, yeah, and then we were treated to Jurassic Park. It's funny, though, because I ended up not staying the entire time because um, we got there kind of late. Uh, and basically, I was like laying on the floor in the front in order to see it. And I was just like, uh, I'm going to see this again tomorrow. I think I'll just, you know, I'll just take take my leave. But it was funny because I think I ended up staying till till after the road sequence. Cause I was like, okay, well I'll leave here. And then I was like, ah, shit. Like, you know, I was just enjoying the movie so much, even though I've seen it a million times. Uh, I still was just like, okay, well maybe I'll stay a little bit longer. Um, 
so then the next day, again, just getting work done, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was like, well, I'm going to dress up even if the weather's a little crummy. Uh, and so I decided to meet, um, I ended up meeting um, Chris Bramante, who's been on the show a bunch. Um, uh, you know, very lovely and talented performer and friend and all around great guy. And so I met with him and our buddy, Rich Castales, who... Um, who has shot and, and, you know, worked on a lot of stuff that on a lot of like Chris's projects and stuff, which is how I met him. Cause we, um, I was a, I was, I was, uh, a bard the bassist in, uh, Chris's parody, uh, song still middle earth to me, um, which is a really funny video. So go, I'd go recommend and watch that again or watch it if you haven't seen it for the first time. But, um, yeah, so we all met up and then this today and then that day they were showing the movies first. So, which was kind of exciting um, because, yeah, so I went in costume, you know, got some photos in front of the, because also at City Walk, they had the, uh, they had a few of the vehicles there. Um, I believe it was like the Lost World car or maybe the Lost World car, or no, I think was down in the, down by the Spinosaurus. And then I believe there was like a Jurassic World. I think there was the Mercedes Benz, like the tall ones. And then there was the Wrangler and the Explorer. But so we, you know, we got a few photos and stuff like that. Um, let's see. I'm going to bring up the photos so I can, uh, so I can comment. Um, um, so yeah. So we go into the movies and again see the footage for uh, the opening footage for Fallen Kingdom again, and it just was so cool to get to like watch it twice, like again because. But it just shows like how much confidence they have in it because. I mean, I think there was a split second though where, um, you know, talking to the to the outpost boys and 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 everybody where we were all like, are they going to show us the entire movie? But that would have been bananas. But um, so yeah, so they show the opening footage again, and yeah, just definitely, definitely did the like like of the Dilophosaurus hoot like when it was stalking Nedry. So it was probably stalking the the chump uh in the yellow uh slicker he's like hey i recognize that like you know that rain slicker um it was tasty before uh but yeah and then then i then we stayed and watched the whole movie um and again it was so good to see it on the big screen again it wasn't imax i i didn't make it into the imax screening of it but chris and i actually saw it in imax for the 20th anniversary so um still pretty cool um and, uh, yeah, so we watch the movie and then we go down for, uh, the panel. Um, but it's funny cause I ran into, I ran into my friends, Evan and Rachel. Um, Evan was my roommate in college and he was like, and Rachel were like, we saw your Instagram stories that you were at Universal Studios. Like what's going on? And it was like, um, there's a whole Jurassic Park thing going on today. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was really, uh. It was just fun to run into to run into Evan because he's a he's one of my one of my best friends. So it was cool to just run into him randomly. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, you're here because of Jurassic Park. Got it." Um, so yeah, we went to the panel, and this panel was awesome. Um, well, we went on some rides first, and I realized that um, I think Saturday was the first time I've ever rode Jurassic Park the ride at night because normally I don't think I would ride it at night because I'd get wet. Uh, but you know, again, you know, fuck it. Like we're going to go on the ride and it was so much fun to go in at night. It was actually, I almost would say it might even be a better experience at night because, uh, I think the night kind of makes it a little bit more spooky and atmospheric and stuff like that. Um, 
so yeah, it was totally, it was totally cool. And then we went on the mummy ride and the, and, and then we eventually went on the transformers ride when we were killing time between stuff. But, um, so the panel, obviously Colin Trevorrow was out there again. Um, and I ran into the Jurassic Park post boys again, who I ended up hanging out with, um, later in the night. Um, but the panel was obviously Colin moderating, um, and Phil Tippett, obviously dinosaur supervisor and Jack Horner, the paleontologist who, you know, has basically been the consultant for all the movies. Um, and, uh, uh, oh, I just realized, you know, Frank Marshall was there too. How did I forget Frank Marshall in my original write-up? Um, again, because I've been obsessed with Margaritaville lately. Um, but, um, he was there as well. And, um, but I mean, Quain, Laura Dern, Laura frickin' Dern was there showing up in a pantsuit, looking fabulous and it was cool. It was cool because she doesn't, I mean, she always is somebody who talks a, like, I feel like she's always asked about Ellie Sattler in, uh, in interviews and stuff. And so she's always been very supportive of the character, but you know, I feel like, you know, of the original trio, I think, you know, Jeff Goldblum has definitely been the most out there, uh, of the original trio over the years in terms of, you know, talking about Jurassic Park and stuff. So it was so cool to see her talk about it now. Um, you know, and just kind of her, you know, she just spoke more about more about stories about the experience in filming and stuff like that. So it was really cool to just hear her perspective on, you know, just like when the hurricane happened and she was just trying to like, you know, keep, make sure everyone's doing all right and stuff. Again, the helpful person that she is, um, you know, and meanwhile, Spielberg is like feeding her lines and being like, Let, what if we try this tomorrow when the hurricane's over and we start filming again? Or, you know, Richard Attenborough being like, you know, sleeping through it and her being like, oh, geez. Um, so it was so cool to to hear uh, her perspective on that. Um, and then, yeah, we went on more rides. And um, again, we took photos in front of the, yeah, it was a, a Jeep Wrangler. It was the Pteranodon. It was the Jurassic World Pteranodon, uh, the gyrosphere. And then when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Um I mean, what else was there? Oh, yeah, we went through the prop lines. So they had the the cell phone from Jurassic Park 3. They had Claire's outfit from Jurassic World. Um, some of the maquettes of the raptors. They had the eggs. Give me the eggs from Jurassic Park 3. Um, they had, uh, you know, the God Creates Dinosaurs book, that Ian Malcolm's book from Jurassic World that's in the background. Um, yeah, we went on the rides and stuff. Chris Bermonte, by the way, dressed up as... as um, quote unquote, Ed Regis, the, uh, the guy that, uh, well, he's the character in Jurassic Park, the book, that's a much bigger character in the book. That's not in the movies, but, um, you know, in the kind of star Wars tradition of naming background characters, um, there is a handful of people, uh, who believe that the guy in the pink shirt that Ian Malcolm is like, uh, he did it, that crazy son of a bitch, he did it. And like that guy kind of gives Malcolm a look that that guy's like Ed Regis, um, you know, but, um, but it was a great outfit. And then Rich dressed up as the, um, as the intern boy. Um, that doesn't look very scary. A uh, volunteer boy, excuse me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was such a funny costume. It's very subtle, but once you see it, it looked really good. Um, so yeah, we went through the line, um, didn't get to do the VR stuff or any of the, you know, the video game stuff because just cause the lines were too long, but it's fine. You know, I'll definitely check it out. And the VR experience blues like prequel kind of adventure to fallen kingdom, uh, I believe is available now to download. So if you have one of those like VR headset things, you can download it. So that's cool. Um, and 
uh so yeah so then let's see i think i mean we're kind of wrapping up a little bit here but um one thing that i didn't end up noticing till till the next day i and i do remember seeing her but because she really like stood out but it was just like because she wore like these like rad she had this long blonde hair like these like dope ass frames and like a tweed jacket i was like that person looks really familiar um and then the next day, it wasn't until I noticed it, but it was um, Jurassic World screenwriter Emily Carmichael. So she was just there just to hang out with like Colin and everybody. I'm sure she was just like wanted to soak it up. And I mean, imagine you are currently writing. And so that was some news on the um, on our Instagram story was, I don't know, somebody off, somebody was asking her, like, how's it going? Like working on the movie? She's like, we're like, we're right in the thick of uh, they've been working on it, the script for Jurassic World 3 for a few weeks now, I believe is what she said. And uh, they're in the thick of it, quote unquote. Um, and then she also did this really funny uh, story with Laura Dern uh, where they were just like pointing at. Oh, because that was the thing. Like so every once in a while, because um, that's the other thing, uh, the Jurassic Park ride at Universal uh, Universal Studios, you know, there's no islands of adventure or anything like that, like all the Florida kids get. But there is this like raptor encounter where it's the like people in the suit and then like there's the trainer that's like, no, whoa, stop. Like. Like, you know, like, you know, Owen Grady style. Um, but uh, so they did one like that, except this time it was like a it was like the Cirque du Soleil, but with like the Jurassic Park slash ACU people where all these like people in giant raptor costumes are snapping at people and the, you know, the crowd is all around it. And you see like the people in ACU like like tumbling and bouncing and like, no, he's going to eat me. And like and then there's loud noise and music and it's a very intense, but it's like a kind of like a fun street show, I guess is the word for it. Um, but yeah, Emily uh, Carmichael and Laura Dern were like reacting to the scary raptors from like from like where the like green room holding bar area was. It was like overlooking the 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 ride and the the stage the stage where everybody was gathering to watch the panels um but yeah so it was just funny because it was just you know emily carmichael getting his instagram stories with uh with laura dern and it's just like laura dern in jurassic world 3 like confirmed and it's like no but you know let's hope i mean it would be really cool it'd be really interesting to see to get i just imagine i feel like sam neill is what alan grant would be doing which is like I'm tired of being eaten by these motherfucking dinosaurs on these motherfucking islands. And I'm going to retire to New Zealand and just take lots of photos of farm animals. I just think that that would be what I would do if I was Alan Grant. So who knows if Alan Grant will ever come back, but, um, I do, uh, I do, uh, I would love Laura Dern to come back. I just feel like her character is, isn't as afraid um, I feel like all the men who survived Jurassic Park experiences are like too terrified to come back. I mean, Grady might like Owen might be the only one only because he's had experience with dinosaurs. But even then, you know, from what the trailers make, it seem like he retires and he doesn't want to be around dinos anymore. So whereas I feel like Sarah Harding and and uh, Ellie Sattler and even Claire are like, let's get let's like let's rescue these dinosaurs, you know. Um, so, yeah, the panel was awesome. Um, it was cool again later to see that Emily Carmichael was there um, and somebody re and she posted that she went on the ride with Colin, a photo of her and Colin on the ride. And so that was really funny. Um, and obviously everybody in the community is super excited because, you know, I think people involved in projects don't necessarily need to prove that they're nerds in order to be good at doing it. I don't I don't think that for a second, considering Harrison Ford and 
Sir Alec Guinness hated making Star Wars and yet they still made a great movie. So I don't think you need to be, uh, I don't think being a, 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 a nerd about the thing that you're in proves that you will be good at it. I think it's two separate things, but, um, with that said, it is also exciting when, um, a person who's going to be involved in a project that you like, that they kind of geek out about it too. And, and kind of, um, you know, want to be part of that experience. So it was, it was so cool to see that she was there. Um, and then after that, yeah, we went on the ride again, we went on the mummy ride again. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, that was basically the evening, I believe if my memory, I have such a, such a bad memory. Um, oh, the guy playing Henry Wu in the prop line. Cause they had a few like actors and stuff. Um, kind of cosplaying as characters. They had like a Hammond and a Malcolm. Um, and the guy who played uh, Dr. Henry Wu told me to SSDGM. So I, 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 that made me happy. Um, I also met um, a woman I follow on Instagram. Um, her name is Courtney. Um, her Instagram handle is little, little Madinka. And she's like a big Disney person and stuff. She just has like a great curated Instagram Disney aesthetic. But she also uh, dressed up as kind of like a variation of Nedry. It was like a really cool costume. And then her shirt said, um, uh, I can't see the picture of it, but it's basically the, um, Rosie, the riveter, but instead of Rosie, the riveter, it's a velociraptor. So, um, I think it, yeah, it says woman inherits the earth. So she had that with like a rain slicker, um, Nedry style. Um, and then she had like some of these dope pins and stuff. So it was funny to run into, it was like, like I recognize you, but I don't know where. And it's like, Oh yeah. It's like, we just, so many people we, you know, follow online and we finally meet them in person. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's fun when that kind of serendipitous stuff can happen. So it was cool to finally meet Courtney. Um, and then, yeah. And then we all took off and then I ended up, um, Mimi, Mimi's coming to say hi too. I think Dottie's up here sleeping too. Um, I say, I think because I'm, I was starting to record this when the sun was going down and now it's dark. So the only light is from my computer. Um, but, uh, yeah. So then, yeah, that was basically the night they, they kind of whisked us out. Um, and yeah, I just, cause all, again, all the Draskow post boys were staying at a, at an Airbnb. So it was fun to go hang out um, with them for a little bit afterwards and just basically t- talk Jurassic park into the night. It was such a fun weekend. Um, uh, f- so, uh, I think I posted it, but, um, S- Sunday, uh, Jeff Goldblum came out. Um, uh, I think Sunday night's panel was an amalgam of, uh, oh no, it was, um, I think, uh, first AD John Kretschmer came back out again and I think well, somebody else was, was there back. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then Jeff Goldblum of course came. And so that was awesome. So, I mean, obviously I would have loved to have seen Jeff Goldblum, Mimi, Anyway, um, yeah, it would have been great to see Jeff Goldblum, but, um, you know, I just think (laughs) just was a lot of days to, to commit to just hanging out at Universal Studios. So, um, but it seems like, um, everybody who went on Sunday had a great time. Um, all the dress boys, they met, um, uh, they, cause they, they, they've met Colin a couple of times, like when they did the Pittsburgh event a couple of years ago, which would have been so awesome to go to, um, uh, but um, Gareth Edwards and Jordan Voigt Roberts, who directed King Kong a few years ago, and Gareth Edwards, who directed Godzilla and Rogue One, um, also stopped by the panel. Um, but also they ran into 
uh, they ran into everybody. They ran into Chris, Assis, Ryan, Alex, and um, Jack uh, in Harry Potter world. And so I just think it's so funny. Colin was like, "Hey, those are the those are the guys who do Jurassic Outpost." And so that was, and they got to meet Gareth and, and Jordan. So that was really cool. I was very happy for them. Um, but yeah, that was the third day. Um, so again, you know, it would have been awesome to go, but also I was like. I got a lot of uh, catching up on work to do and stuff. So, um, yeah. So, anyway. But uh, it was such a fun weekend. It was just so much more fun than I could have imagined. Just because, I mean, we weren't really given a lot beforehand. So, uh, we didn't really know. Um, you didn't have the slightest idea of what to expect. Um, but, yeah. It was just such a great thing. I, I, I wish Universal had... Uh, had planned it a little bit further ahead of time because so many of our friends in the UK and so many of our friends in the East coast and stuff did the Jurassic Park podcast crew, uh, like Brad and, um, and Tom, you know, over in the UK, like, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people would have loved to have come from out of town. Um, and some people did, but you know, it's a lot to ask to, to fly out at the last minute, you know, when you only have a month, a month's warning. So I totally understand. Um, so I wish universal would have like planned a little bit ahead, but you know, what can you do? Um, uh, but like, here's hoping that they do something really even, even cooler for Jurassic Park 30, um, in five years. Uh, that's wild to say Jurassic Park celebrating its 30th anniversary. Uh, we're just on 25 right now. Let's not panic yet. Panic. Um, but yeah, it was just such a fun weekend. It was such a great just showing of like the best of what, you know, fandom can be. And, you know, everyone's just here having a good time. Kids out here and adults, adults with their kids. It's just the Jurassic Park franchise is just so, you know, especially the original movie is just such a, um, you know, it's just for everyone, which is kind of a great thing. You know, it kind of brings everyone together in that sense. But um, yeah, it was so cool. I just was so blown away and yeah, I just wanted to share my reactions. We're coming up on, a uh, you know, we're getting close to an hour, so I'm going to wrap it up here, but, um, thank you to everyone who are, uh, just, yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, so amazing. Everybody I met so many people, amazing people I, I met this weekend. Um, again, you know, Chris Pugh from Jurassic Outpost and, and um, I see Sandy from Jurassic Outpost, also Jack De La Mare, um, Alex Evans, and Ryan Schumat. Shum, Shum, um, I'm sorry, Ryan. Uh, Ryan Schumate. Shum, I th- I'm going to say that. Um, don't, uh, Ryan, I love you. Um, Derek. Um, and uh, yeah, also, um, also, I'm trying, sorry, I'm very bad at remembering everybody, but. Um, Really great guy, Matt Scavoni and his daughter were also out there with us for a little bit on the weekend when we were looking at the prop stuff. So, and on the ride, um, again, uh, Chris and Rich um, and Courtney. So, yeah, it was also, I think Victoria's Cantina was out there too. Um, um, Victoria was out there. I didn't get a chance to meet her, but I, I think I saw footage of, of from the day. So, and uh, Clayton uh, Fiorati. Um, Again, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing your last name right. I know he was out there Sunday, I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, here's hoping we can do this again in a couple of years. Um, that would be really awesome. I'm super excited for Fallen Kingdom as well, I think. But it was it was a cool, it wasn't that was the cool thing too. It was like 
this is the JP 25. Yes. Like we are going to have some nods and things to the future movies. And I got to in the city walk, there was like Ellie's costume, which I took a picture next to, and there's some other props and stuff, but really this weekend, uh, well that that's part of it, but like this weekend was about Jurassic park. It wasn't necessarily about the franchise as a whole, but I think that was really smart of universal to really say, Hey, this is here for the 25th anniversary. Um, Let's celebrate that, and then that'll give you the warm and fuzzies for when the new movie comes out. But I thought it was very smart. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, again, follow me on uh, Twitter, Pod, uh, Instagram, Pod, uh, Stephen Ray Morris. Um, and uh, if you want to contribute to the Patreon, we're making so much cool stuff over there. Um, it's patreon.com slash Ride. It obviously helps to... Uh, keep the fences operational here Um, and considering I have to buy a brand new computer uh, that's going to really help and go a long way so um, anything helps Uh, thanks everyone for listening and um, let me know Um, obviously Fallen Kingdom uh, preview-ish kind of episode I'm doing uh, this month for May but um, let me know what you're planning to do for like when the actual 25th anniversary comes out so like June 11th um and you know jurassic june is coming up so for folks that don't know about that it's like hey look star wars gets may the 4th um you know let's make an entire month for jurassic park so jurassic june uh, i'm going to be doing some stuff for that as well too so yeah let me know what you guys are planning to do if you're going to rewatch the movie at home do something special um i want to do something special for the actual 25th day that Monday, whether it's, you know, a podcast episode or something, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out, but here's just a little, uh, tidbit for now. And also, um, again, throwing it out there that I think I'll be throwing some type of event here in LA, um, on the 22nd, the weekend that, um, fallen kingdom comes out here in the U S. So keep an eye out for those kind of announcements. Um, yeah, hold on to your butts and, uh, life finds a way. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.